Hello and welcome back to Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob and Scott. And it was an electric week one with a lot of exciting games and surprising outcomes. And we got an exciting show in store for you this week. A lot to recap and a lot to get to in our analysis and predictions. And we will start, as we always do, with the Monday night game, the Buffalo Bills versus the New York Jets. So, this one ended up with uh, quite a different outcome than anyone really could have thought in this one. With Aaron Rodgers going down on just the fourth snap on offense for the Green Bay Packers. With those events happening, one could have thought that the Buffalo Bills would have had an absolute cakewalk for the rest of this game. But that was not so, as the Bills offense sputtered for most of this game but still looked to have the game in hand until an amazing catch by Garrett Wilson late in this game, and then a fumble led to the Jets being able to overtake the lead before the Bills forced overtime, and then quite an amazing punt return for a touchdown overtime sealed this victory for the Jets. What is your analysis on this game, Rob? Yeah, I, I was watching this game with so much excitement coming into it as a fan of the Bills, but also as a fan of Aaron Rodgers. I just wanted him to ball out this game. And the aesthetics of the game leading up to it was perfect. You had, first of all, the fact that it was on 9-11 made it kind of a special patriotic day. And then you had Rodgers going out in the tunnel with the American flag. I mean, if you were a Jets fan, you got to feel like that this is the start of an awesome season. And then just as soon as it starts, it, it ends. So even though they won the game, you, you kind of walk away with like a bitter taste in your mouth. But I think overall, the Jets played the brand of football that we saw them play last year. Like very good on defense, kind of mediocre on offense, although they ended up getting the job done. To me, this was a game that was defined by the Bills' mistakes rather than the Jets doing well. I think the Bills just insisted on shooting themselves in the foot whenever they had some momentum. And show yourself in the foot was the phrase I was just about to use myself, actually. And very true to them. It seems very defined by the Bills' mistakes. And just so just nationally agree upon this week about just how messy that was for the Bills and how they just really need to clean that up to become back in that conversation again, to be right at the top in that AFC conversation. Because if they play like that, they really won't be. Mm-hmm. And I, I really was not impressed with their run defense at all. You had Brees Hall back from the injury hitting off seemed, what seemed like big run after big run. And it, that was for me, that's a major concern going down the road. Yeah, it, it could be concerning. But myself personally, I do believe in this Bills defense. And really, for all that's been said about the Bills this week after what happened, I want to say that I'm still a big believer in this team, and I feel like I need to come in with a mark my words to really staple that. Oh boy, here we go. Mark my words. The Buffalo Bills will still win the AFC East this season, and not only will they win this division, the Week 18 game versus the Miami Dolphins will not matter for the division because it will have already been finished. (laughs) Wow. Bold prediction. I like it, but I disagree with it. <laughs> um, so this game, I did pick the New York Jets. Ended up being right. If you would have told me that it would be with Zach Wilson, I don't know if I would pick the Jets. 
but they were still able to beat the Bills with Zach Wilson. So this game just kind of validates what I had been thinking so far with the Bills taking a step back this year. Now, I know it's week one. We saw the Chiefs lose. We saw the Bengals lose. We saw the Bills lose. And week one doesn't mean too much um, anymore, especially with the extra game and one less preseason game. It's kind of like a fourth preseason game as week one. But I don't know. The Dolphins look really dangerous. The Patriots are always going to be there, and the Bills have a very tough schedule, so I do like the boldness of that prediction. And kind of my reasoning behind this is, the Bills are a team that's going to just live and die by the sword of Josh Allen, Exactly. and yeah. that means you're going to get his crazy mistakes you are, and absolutely he has to reel in a little bit more. You can't have the type of recklessness that he did, but you're always going to have a little bit of that where he, every once in a while he's going to throw a boneheaded interception. He's going to make a crazy play because that's who he is. Mm-hmm. And being a fan of this team and of Josh Allen, I, I do really love that about them. Because if you didn't get the crazy good plays, you're not going to get these crazy bad plays either. Right. I think Josh Allen is going to, like you said, he's going to do what he's going to do, and that, that has to be, like, that is the Bills' identity. But I think they need someone else to step up. They need another guy. Like, Allen and Diggs is a great connection. Somebody else has got to like step up and be that guy. Like same thing with the Chiefs. Like Mahomes and Kelsey, great connection. But as we saw in the loss to the Lions, if there's none of if that's not happening during the game, then you're really in deep trouble. I think for the Bills, James Cook looks like a guy that could maybe step up. Dalton Kincaid, maybe he's that guy that steps up. I, I just think someone on their team needs to step up and like fill that role behind Allen and Diggs as the offensive playmakers. Yes, you definitely need to see some more from the offensive weapons because on Monday night it was the Diggs show and basically nothing else. Exactly, right. T- 10 catches, 102 yards. The next guy had was like, what, four catches from Dalton Kincaid, the rookie. So that's got to be better. Um, and... and as for the Jets, people are speculating, like, is this season over for them? Like, what do you do now? Like, do you try and get a veteran quarterback out here? Some people throw out Tom Brady or, or Colt McCoy or something. I mean, the Jets said they're rolling with Zach Wilson. Do you think they have a shot at the playoffs still with the the roster that they currently have? I, I would have to say no. I originally picked them as the eighth team or the ninth team in the AFC, and I feel like this really knocks them down even more for me. I thought they were a team that was right there, and I kind of went mid-surprised either way of what happened. But I think without Rodgers, they're really going to flounder in the AFC, and there's going to be teams with more explosive offenses that are going to be able to overtake them now. Yes, and the fact that they were they beat the Bills in overtime in a game where you had three turnover, four turnovers by the Bills, and you still barely beat them in overtime on a punt return touchdown just goes to show you how much they're going to end up missing Rodgers this season. And they got very tough games here against the Cowboys and the Patriots and the Chiefs. I mean, they could easily lose the rest of these games before the bye. And as for Aaron Rodgers, will this be the end of his career? It is the end of the season. I don't think so. And, you know, he just posted on Instagram, uh, this is the night is the darkest before the dawn, he says, and I shall rise yet again. That's the quote from his Instagram. So, I think he'll be back. I never doubted that he would be back um, just because he's a, a ultimate competitor and he cares a lot about legacy and you know how his career is going to look. So I think he will be back for the Jets next year. But this year, unfortunately, maybe it's just a development year for your young guys. Yeah, I mean, I, and I really do feel horrible for Rodgers and for the Jets and their fans. Yeah. But moving Do you on. know, as a Bills fan, 
Or do you just laugh at their at their misery? I would have probably laugh at their misery. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you acknowledge that it's it sucks, but then you just laugh at their misery. Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> That's how it goes. All right. Yeah. So now we're moving on to another incredible performance and another incredible game. The Green Bay Packers defeating the Chicago Bears thirty-eight to twenty in the four o'clock game slot. What are your initial thoughts after seeing this game? My initial thoughts on this is honestly, in Green Bay, like the vibes are immaculate here. Seeing this debut by Jordan Love, it was a little bit clunky at first, but. I think in this first game, he's proven to everyone that he is good enough. The Packers have a good enough roster. The running game looked great, and I think they will compete in the NFC this season. Yes, and I agree with that completely. Watching this game as a fan was amazing. You In week one, you go into Chicago and not only beat the Bears, but demolish the Bears in all phases of the game. It was just extraordinary to watch. And Jordan Love, so many question marks of how he would look and how they would play him. I thought they would play him more safe than they did, but he was airing it out. 245 yards, three touchdowns, and all without Christian Watson, the perceived number one guy. So really impressive stuff. And as you said, started out a little bit clunky, but once they got into the second half, they really picked it up. And I think that's the, the key to how they did that was through Aaron Jones. Everybody loves the good clown, and now it's time to meet the NFL's Clown of the Week for this week. Really excited about this new segment here, Clown of the Week, to recognize some of the absolute worst of this week of NFL. And for me, this week's Clown of the Week goes to Carolina Panthers tight end Hayden Hurst. Many of you saw this play. Catching the, t- the first ever touchdown for first overall pick Bryce Young and proceeds to toss the ball right into the stands. Hayden Hurst, you are the clown of the week. <laughs> yeah, right. Absolute clownery there. Everyone knows that first NFL touchdown is so special. And Hayden Hurst just got to dump all over Bryce Young's moment there. <laughs> Maybe the only bright spot in that whole game and he had to ruin it. And now time for another new segment that we like to call Do You Vibe With It? And we, in which we present each a team with a good vibe and a team with a bad vibe after the week. And my good vibe team this week is unsurprisingly the Green Bay Packers. After coming into the week as underdogs on the road facing the Bears, the Packers proceeded to smash them, winning 38-20 with a defensive touchdown from Quay Walker, an offensive shellacking with three touchdowns from Jordan Love, two of them to Aaron Jones, and one of them, sorry, two of them to Romeo Dobbs, one of them to Aaron Jones. Every young player that we had question marks about going into this game looked exceptional. The Packers are a great young team, the youngest in the NFL, and nothing but good vibes over there in Green Bay. An excellent choice for good vibes. Now for me, the team that had the best vibes in week one is none other than the San Francisco 49ers. Respect. They looked absolutely unstoppable in this one. Everything that could go right for them seemed to. Brandon Ayuk looks incredible and primed for an outbreak. McCaffrey rips off a 65-yard touchdown run in which Ayuk threw an amazing block as well. Purdy looks really good. I know for me, coming into this season, 
that was my slight question about them. Like, are we sure they're contenders because of Purdy? Are we absolutely sure Purdy is the guy? I think this absolutely cements, in my mind, Purdy is the guy and the 49ers are the top dog. And I'll throw a little mark my words in here right now. Mark my words. The San Francisco 49ers are the unquestioned top dogs in the NFC, and it will not be questioned again the rest of the year. Wow. I like it, and I agree with it as well as I did have the 49ers winning the Super Bowl this year. So very, very good in my estimation there. Good vibes all around. Now we get to the not-so-good vibes, though, the bad vibes. And these teams, uh, they need to improve. Not All is not lost, but the vibes are not good. So my bad vibe team this week is none other than the Denver Broncos. And why are they bad vibes? Well, Sean Payton was doing a lot of talking coming into this year, slamming the previous coaching staff, slamming Russell Wilson, trying to keep him in check. They got big expectations, but starting off with a bit of an easy game at home versus the Raiders. Ugh! But guess what, guys? They lost to the Raiders 16-17. Not only that, they started out the game with an onside kick. Talk about clownery. And they lost that onside kick because of a penalty. So... Russell Wilson didn't even break 200 yards. Javante Williams barely had over 50. And the Broncos were pathetic. They are definitely bad vibes. I mean, you're not wrong there. Definitely some bad vibes out in Denver. And for me, my team with the worst vibes this year, very bad vibes, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. A team that had so much hype in the preseason coming into this one. Somebody might have picked them to win the division. I don't know who that would be. Still happening. Anywho, the Pittsburgh Steelers are the only NFL team that hasn't recorded a 400-yard game on offense since the start of the 2021 season. Every other team has done it at least three times, and nine teams have done it ten-plus times. That was just disrespectful. (laughs) The Steelers, under Matt Canada, have now scored one offensive touchdown or less in nine of their last 18 games, and they've been held to 20 or fewer points in 13 of their last 18 games. Not good enough. You're not going to fool anyone with that type of offensive production in today's game. So this week, my bad vibes team goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, (laughs) that was just disrespectful. (laughs) But I can't disagree, as they got destroyed in week one. Very high expectations. And that was... Do you vibe with it? And from here, we transition to NFL Week 2 Game Predictions. And now we start with the Green Bay Packers versus the Atlanta Falcons, both teams coming off a win against a divisional opponent. Who do you have taking the win here? I have the Green Bay Packers winning in this one. I do as well. Uh, The Falcons, who I predicted have a very good record, did have a nice win against the Carolina Panthers in week one, but Desmond Ritter looks very mid-tier and is not utilizing the weapons enough. I'd really like to see some more out of them, but really should be a nice test for both teams. Yes, I agree. Green Bay just looking a lot more put together at this point and much better run franchise. Both of them have questions at the quarterback, but it looks like Jordan Love is the superior one so far. And then we have the Las Vegas Raiders visiting the Buffalo Bills. Bills coming off... Quite a gut-wrenching loss there. Got to leave a a sour taste in your mouth. For that reason, I will pick the Buffalo Bills to have a nice comeback win against the Raiders. 
Yeah, the Bills still favored by 9.5 points into this one, and I think they're going to earn every single one of those and really have a very nice turnaround game. And do not forget, Devontae Adams kind of dealing with a foot issue as well as Jimmy Garoppolo dealing with an injury. So maybe that leads to even more scoring for the Buffalo Bills. And then we have the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals coming off a rough loss against the Browns. Ravens coming over a solid win against the Texans. Who do you have in this divisional matchup? A very tough to one pick, but I ended up deciding on the Baltimore Ravens in this one. As did I. I'm very interested that you're on board with the Ravens this week. Yeah, I, I know I'm kind of low on them this year, but I think they they got a nice win. Momentum is, is fairly high there. Bengals coming off a rough loss, got kind of bullied around. They typically do start slow, so I'll take the Ravens here. And then we have the Seattle Seahawks versus the Detroit Lions. Seahawks coming off a blowout at home against the Rams, maybe the biggest surprise of the week. And Lions, of course, played on Thursday, beating the Chiefs. Who do you have in this game? The Lions, I think, will win in this one. Yes, I agree. A team that could have very easily been picked for a good vibes team, the Detroit Lions, and another team that could have very well been picked for bad vibes in the Seattle Seahawks. Yes, and how about the Rams uh, beating the Seahawks? Do you think that's more a case of of L.A. showing us that, hey, they can be, still be good, or, or Seattle just kind of choking the ball on this one? I feel like that is just one of the hardest things that I've had to try and get a grip on this week. And so can I just answer? I'll get back with you on that one. <laughs> I do not want to make an assessment either way at this point because yes. I feel like I really don't know and I don't want to say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, it truly is. Like, I could see it both logic. Like, the Rams without Cooper Cup, they came in with a great game plan and they beat up Seattle. But and also, you could see Seattle. Maybe Geno Smith's last year was a fluke and maybe this is just how Seattle is. It's kind of scary to view either option. So, yeah, I, I think we'll hold off until we see a little bit more. But as for Detroit... Man, are they looking like real contenders or what in this NFC conference? Oh, absolutely. I really love the way their offense looked on Thursday night. And sneaking out a win versus the Super Bowl champs, really awesome night for them. Yes. And then you have the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Tennessee Titans. Both teams coming off very narrow losses. Who do you have in this game? I have the LA Chargers winning in this one. And I have the Tennessee Titans taking the victory. Ooh, wow. I mean, are you surprised? Are you surprised? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> well, I should have picked Miami last week. I toyed with it, but I ended up picking L.A., and I realized never pick the Chargers when you're in doubt. And I was in doubt in this game. I decided to go with Tennessee. I think Tennessee should have beat New Orleans. Tannehill throwing three interceptions is just awful, shooting themselves in the foot. A nice comeback win for them. All right. And then you have the Chicago Bears taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bears coming off a rough loss, while the Buccaneers with a nice win over the Vikings. Who do you have in this game? I have the Chicago Bears winning this one. And I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think this is a game that's going to be really close and could be an interesting test for both teams to really see what they're like. But I, I do kind of like the Bears to get a little bit more going on their offense and see a better game versus who I think is going to be a little bit lowly of a Buccaneers team this year. Yeah, I would agree. Buccaneers, they are talented on the offensive side, but the defensive side's a little bit lacking. Baker Mayfield, I mean, he, he had a good game, but didn't even eclipse 200 yards. Still, I, I think that, you know, Chicago's a very weak team this year, and, and Tampa Bay has more momentum at home field as well. And then you have the 
Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars, two of the juggernauts in the AFC. Who takes this game? Maybe I'm going a little bit crazy this week, but my, my guts has picked Jacksonville Jaguars. And I also have the Jacksonville Jaguars as they they barely beat the Colts last year, but that was a pretty big game for them because they have a hard time against the Colts. Maybe the Chiefs start off a little bit slow this year. And, I mean, they gave the Chiefs a run for their money in the playoffs last year as well. Yes. And Trevor Lawrence looking like he's going to come into his own this year. With Calvin Ridley there, he's got an actual number one receiver. May I say, welcome back to the NFL, Calvin Ridley. Have yes. yourself a day. Yeah, so he is he is one of the best receivers in the league. I think a lot of people forgot just how good he was on the Falcons with Matt Ryan. Two years, two years of not playing football. It looks like he didn't even lose a step at all. Looked absolutely incredible in this one. And then you have the the Indianapolis Colts against the Houston Texans. Um, Not not exactly the firepower of the previous game, but should be an exciting game nonetheless. I have the Indianapolis Colts winning in this one. I have the Houston Texans here. So Colts definitely impressed me in week one with uh, Anthony Richardson looking a lot better than I thought he would. But as these divisional games are always pretty wild and the Texans have the home field, I think they'll take the victory. And why is it I have a feeling that I'm going to get burned on this one? <laughs> because the Colts, and that's what they do. They break your heart. Oh, they do. They sure do. <laughs> yes. One of the weirdest teams in the NFL, I'll say that. The, the owner, what's his name? Uh, I don't even know. But he's just an absolute wacko. Who knows what he's going to pull out of the bag this year? Jim Irsay, yeah. Just kind of a kook. You know, I, I just never trust the Colts. And then you have the San Francisco 49ers versus the Los Angeles Rams. 49ers and Rams both looking good last week. Who do you have taken this one? I have the 49ers winning this one. As do I. And surprising at how big a spread this really is. Uh, I guess seeing the type of performance the Rams had last week, even though the 49ers were so dominant as well, it's still an eight-point spread as I see it here. Yeah, that's... That's pretty. That's pretty big against uh, Sean McVay's team at home. Uh, that's. I mean, I would bet that that line on the Rams, but I would certainly still take San Francisco to win. Yeah, it'd be the third biggest spread this week. Yeah, I'll take that money all, all day. Like the Rams, Sean McVay at home. I mean, take that Rams line right there. Then you have the New York Giants against the Arizona Cardinals. Giants maybe one of the biggest disappointments in Week One. Started off like really good drive. And then just absolutely downhill from there as they got shut out 40 to nothing at home against the Cowboys. Rough week for New York sports in general. Who do you have taking this game? I do have the Giants winning in this one. I do as well. And a quick stat in the Giants here. Via the Athletic on Twitter. No team has ever lost 40 to nothing or worse. Lost the sack battle 7 to nothing or worse. Lost the turnover battle 3 to nothing or worse. Had a blocked field goal return for a touchdown and threw a pick six in the same season. Wow. The Giants did it all in one game. That's crazy. Well, you know, they got it all out of the way. <laughs> but just one of the absolute worst openers you could ever imagine. Yeah, that was it was bad. And that field looks terrible. I know they just got the new like the new turf. I think it's like an upgraded version. It's designed to like prevent injuries or whatever. That looks horrible. Like when you, it rains, you see the black specks on their face. That cannot be good. Like you, that cannot be good for players to play on. So yeah, it, just horrible. Although they're playing in Arizona, so you get some real grass. 
Uh, then you got the New York Jets versus the Dallas Cowboys. So Jets, of course, coming off that gut-wrenching win last week, and the Cowboys, 40 to nothing. Who will win this game? I have the Cowboys winning in this one. I do as well. I think that Dak, very underrated quarterback coming into this year just because of all his interceptions last year, which is an exception to his play, not his actual style. So Cowboys are a very strong team and maybe one of the top dogs in the NFC at this point. Absolutely. And then you have the Washington Commanders versus the Denver Broncos. And the Commanders coming off a win against the Cardinals. The Broncos, of course, losing to the Raiders. Who do you have taking this victory? I have Denver winning in this one. I do as well, although I'm not confident in it. The Commanders, they got more offensive weapons than I initially had thought with some good running backs and receivers. But can they utilize them under Ron Rivera? I say no. And can they utilize them under Sam Howell? I also say no. And Denver Broncos have a very good defense, as we know. Cardinals obviously do not. So that could prove to be the X factor in this game. And then you have the New Orleans Saints versus the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. Saints showing up better than I thought they would, so I think they will take this victory fairly easily. As do I. And really, I almost considered them for good vibes. And here's why. I think their coaching philosophy really won them this game, and that's something that I was really hard on them for last year, and I thought I would be again this year. So the Saints ran the ball very well against Tennessee, and when they had gotten the ball back up by one, it looked like they would probably run the ball to help run out the clock. And really, that may not have been the worst choice for them to do. But on second and 15, they passed and got it to Michael Thomas for eight yards. And then on third down, Derek Carr threw an absolute bomb to Raheed Shaheed for 41 yards that they were able to then kneel out the game afterwards and win that. And being so aggressive and passing like that, I think really won the game and gained some respect for me for New Orleans. Yes, and they definitely showed up better than I thought they would. And, and they were churning out Jamal Williams, 18 carries that game. So very good performance. Derek Carr looked very sharp as well. Right. And then you have the Cleveland Browns taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday night, the divisional AFC North matchup. Who takes it? I have the Browns winning in this one. And I have the Pittsburgh Steelers with a comeback win. The Browns defense looked absolutely incredible versus Joe Burrow and the high-flying Bengals offense and could really be a part to help them compete in the AFC this year, but I think really need to see a lot more from the Browns' offense and Deshaun Watson. Yes, I absolutely agree. Watson threw a lot of balls that were very short. Amari Cooper was open several times, and he just bounced it. Although Joe Burrow also looked bad. You have to maybe consider how the rain played a part into it. But Pittsburgh also obviously looking terrible in week one after a great preseason. I just don't ever want to pick Tomlin to lose two back-to-back games at home against the Browns. They always play them tough. So I think this is kind of a breather game for them, and they get a nice victory over the Browns. We shall see. And now that it's time for the underdog lock of the week. So this is a new segment we're introducing. It is an absolute lock, and we have to pick a team that is an underdog this week for the lock of the week. Scott, why don't you take it away? So this week, my underdog lock of the week is the Minnesota Vikings over the Philadelphia Eagles. Very bold. Six and a half point underdogs the Vikings are in Philadelphia on Thursday. Let me tell you this. 
The Eagles lost both starting safeties from 2022 and their best coverage linebacker in free agency. In week one, they lost starters cornerback James Bradbury, safety Reed Blankenship, and linebacker Nicobe Dean. They're now facing a Vikings team that passed the ball on 75% of plays in week one, the second highest in the NFL. Yeah, Justin Jefferson. And not only that, they blitzed on a league high 47.4% of dropbacks in week one. And to compound that, when Jalen Hurts was pressured in week one, he completed just 3 of 11 passes for 10 yards. But when not pressured, he completed 19 of 22 passes for 160 yards. So I think all of those things combined will spell an upset for the Minnesota Vikings over the Philadelphia Eagles. And I would like that pick very much because my pick also kind of corresponds with that. As I, For my underdog lock of the week, I pick the New England Patriots. So last week, this was kind of a big upset pick for me, picking the Patriots to beat the Eagles. And they almost did. They were so close. A bad turnover ended up being the deciding factor here as they led in almost every statistical category. Patriots over the Eagles had 130 more total yards than the Eagles. They had 150 more passing yards with Mac Jones. And they had almost an entire yard more per play. They had more first downs, better on third down and fourth down. And they controlled the game effectively. But, of course, the interception by Mac Jones, and they lost the turnover battle because of that. Mac Jones looks a lot better already, more comfortable in the offense. And this Patriots team playing the Miami Dolphins, who also looked very good. I think the defense will be able to control them better than the Chargers. It's in New England, and I'm very confident in the Patriots for my underdog lock of the week. We hope you enjoyed this new segment, and we'll be keeping track of this every week and see who can come up with the better underdog locks each week as the season goes on. And now we'd like to introduce one final more new segment to the show. Rob, would you like to explain? Yes, and this is brand new, and it's going to be fantasy football-based. Rob's sits and starts. And I'm going to be introducing some sleepers to start and maybe some starters to sit in this segment here. So first off in the fantasy sits of the week, we have Anthony Richardson of the Indianapolis Colts. This is more applies to, to quarterbacks and flex leagues, or maybe you're trying to get a sneaky advantage here by starting Richardson. Don't do it. His hype is high after a good game against the Jaguars, but he's going on the road in Houston. Houston holding Lamar in check last game. Very good game against Lamar Jackson, giving up the only the ninth least points to quarterbacks did Houston. So calm down a little bit on Richardson. Wait to see him develop. Do not start him next week. Also in the sits, I have Travis Etienne of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Why do I have Travis Etienne? Because the Chiefs defense is sneakily good. They also have Chris Jones coming back as he signed his new contract. And the game, I expect it to be high-scoring shootout between Mahomes and Lawrence. So it's going to be a very pass-heavy game. I would sit Travis Etienne this week. And then in the fantasy starts of the week, I have Brock Purdy of the San Francisco 49ers. So maybe not someone that everyone has starting, but I would definitely start him as he's been very consistent in his all of his games. Here he's reached very close to 200 yards and two touchdowns in every game. Never really makes that bad mistake. And he's 
facing a Rams defense that is pretty good, but he's going to be able to shred them, I believe. He's done very well in divisional games last year with the Cardinals absolutely destroying them in his best game of the year and the Seahawks going with a record-high QBR for him last year, so doing well against his divisional opponents. Start Brock Purdy this week. And lastly, for the starters of the week, I have Jamal Williams of the New Orleans Saints. The Saints attempting to churn Jamal Williams last week, giving him the ball 18 times, although he only ran for 45 yards against a very good Titans defense. This week, they face the Carolina Panthers, who are not very good in that department. I expect Jamal Williams to go nuts this week in Carolina. So Jamal Williams is an absolute fantasy start this week. Absolutely love it. Great new segment there, Rob. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. I've done my homework. And guys, look, 2-0 in my fantasy leagues so far. So you're in good hands. Well done. We had a, very, uh, a good win versus me this week in our redraft league, unfortunately. Yes, very good win. Electric. My guys are coming through with Tua leading the way. And now for our final segment of the week here, we have Scott's parlay bet of the week. In week one, we came out with a win. So congratulations if you followed my lead and went in with my parlay bet of the 49ers, Packers, and Cowboys. Going 3-0 and for Scott kicking off the year. Strong start. Hopefully we all made some money together. Yes. Now, let's keep the ball rolling good here with another good parlay for week two. And for my week two parlay, I have the Green Bay Packers, the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Miami Dolphins all to win outright. So... If you'd like another good parlay for this week, I hope you get on board with me and select the Green Bay Packers, Los Angeles Chargers, and Miami Dolphins to win outright. All right, Delts against goals against two of my picks this week, so we will see on that one. But Scott's on a roll starting off 3-0. Trust the man with your money. And that has been the football podcast for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We thank you for the viewership. Feel free to like and subscribe to us. We are on all platforms. Feel free to share it with any football friends and fans that you may know. We greatly appreciate your viewership of the podcast. And this has been Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob and Scott. And we are tuning in.